Caught Side of the Virtual Hardwood, it's the NLRC Podcast. This is episode number 456. I am Andrew, Andrew in our forum, and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. I'm joined as always by my co-host Derek. He is deeper 3 in our forum, and also on Twitter at deeper 384 and deeper 3G. Derek, unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to connect and play this week, but it's good to finish up the week talking to you as always. What's on your mind, my friend? I wish we had connected this week. That would have been fun. Uh, but both of us were pretty busy, and uh, you were incredibly hard to get a hold of. Uh, the good thing, though, for the community is that you did upload a really fun NBA 2K14 gameplay video, uh, a 94-95 matchup between the two finals teams, the Orlando Magic and the Houston Rockets. And, man, NBA 2K14 really looks good, doesn't it? It does, even with a retro filter to uh, make it look look a bit old school, still holds up very well, and still enjoying that retro series, and and yeah, more to come. Absolutely. Um, Definitely check out Andrew's uh, upload, but I did want to start off this podcast reading off a funny tweet, and I know that you got a kick out of it when I just shared it with you. Um, (laughs) The tweet is from at Dr. Legend U, so he's NSG Big Dog Banna on Twitter. He says... I didn't know 2K had an age limit. First thing the young kids say is old head this, old head that. Like our age is supposed to make us play worse. We going to forever tap that behind because we actually played the sport and y'all built off YouTube videos. Y'all need need new insults to use. And it cracks me up when, when people try to insult the... Um, the older generation of gamers and fans and whatnot by calling them an old head. It's, it's not an insult. So I love that tweet. And also we've been playing the video games a lot longer than these kids today. So we also have experience on our side, right? So um, I love that tweet. I love that he calls out the whole old head thing. And I know you appreciated that. Oh, for sure. Ever since I heard that term come up and be used on social media, it's uh I've given it a side eye because it, it the base basically comes down to the whole argument comes down to you are older, you have more experience, so you don't know what you're talking about, which is antithetical, <laughs> antithetical to having more experience, right? Yeah, call me call me an old head. You're complimenting me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Actually, yeah, uh, which is how he took it and everything. And I love how he said, you know, we played, you know, the real game and whatnot, as in like we played real basketball. Um, I do think that there's a good percentage of the gamer base now that either doesn't play competitively or doesn't play at all or even casually and, and whatnot. And then they're jumping on the virtual hardware and you can usually tell who they are. You've talked about uh, those players before where they don't look like they know what they're doing on the court and they're, you know, they don't understand like basic stuff like help defense or how to play defense or they don't want to play defense. Uh, close out a game. They don't know how to close they, out a game. They, they spam their, they don't know how to close out a game. They just spam their dribbling um, constantly. They, they do unnecessary dribbles. They'll have an open lane to the basket and they'll dribble it back out for no reason and start dribble spamming even more. So like, I, I love that because, you know, people like you and me, we come from a time uh, where we watched and played basketball where it was about like quick decision making, right? Like getting that quick first step and bursting or, you know, executing a crossover and blowing by our guy off that one crossover. It wasn't, you know, really about dribble spamming. It wasn't really about all of this unnecessary BS and a thousand threes a game and everything. It was 
you know, more fundamental, more basic and more efficient basketball. So like, yeah, the old head insult thing, uh, it's ridiculous because like I said, I don't even consider it an insult. And, and like he says, it's become a very stock insult as well. And, and it's one of many stock insults and arguments that, that are used uh, online. You see it in basketball discourse. You see it in basketball gaming discourse. You see it in pretty much any conversation online. It just comes down to those same cliches. Uh, you, you put out something that's kind of insulting with a kissy, emo- uh, kissy emoji at the end to kind of raz people. And, and that, the, the argument is really just trying to be a... Uh, trying to be a jerk with the with the emojis or the same words the same phrasing the same insults as he said and it's it's just the same conversation over and over again and, and if you try to bring a more in-depth conversation that's when people will, will back off and say oh you know i don't want to argue we're grown men talking about other grown men like but you you engaged you you, you engaged and now you're getting owned in this conversation if you will to use a another uh, stock phrase there you, you're getting you, you i'm bringing facts and uh, and arguments to the table because I thought, oh, we're going to have a conversation about this. But now you just wanted to talk in cliches and insults, so you're backing off and still declaring victory. Uh, yeah, and unfortunately, online discourse, uh, I, I know the word toxic is overused these days. It's very unsatisfying, Derek, if nothing else. Yeah, I, I was just watching, uh, and I posted about this on Twitter, I was just watching St. John's, who's 9 and 1, versus UNH, um, real life uh, college hoops. And when I was watching that game, and St. John's in the last four games was shooting 21% from three. That's bad, Andrew. That's two out of 10. And they kept firing up threes in this first half. Um, a bunch of them were open. Brick, 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 brick. UNH actually um, was, I think, down by two at the end of the first half. They're three and five. They're a Division One AA team. Uh, and then they went up early in the second half as a result. But it's like... Stop trying to tell us that everything is better today. Stop telling us, trying to tell us that everything is evolved and everything, because I'm telling you, I, I watch college basketball today and I, you know, I'll catch NBA, NBA games from time to time and whatnot. And I just want to shut it off. Yeah. <laughs> I, think yeah. you're, I think you're very much in the same boat. Uh, you, you mentioned recently how it seems like no NBA team really knows how to close out games anymore. It's like a lost art. Um, we're still seeing 70 to 83s go up per game and the efficiency is not going up either. They're still shooting at the percentages that we've had and, you know, roughly in the tw- last 20 years or so it's the low thirties, 30% range. And um, yeah, I just, it's getting old. Speaking of old, you know, talk about old heads. That's getting old. Yes, it absolutely is. And uh, that, that was the Lakers 76ers game yesterday where the 76ers almost threw it away I see a lot of leads not be protected when I watch basketball games these days. And I guess people think that's exciting because there's comebacks, but it's not because they're mounting a a strategic comeback or people say, oh, because they they play better or better shooters. No, it's because a lot of teams don't know how to protect leads. They get a big lead and then they, they just keep firing and missing threes, letting the other team chip away at the lead. And in the in the fourth quarter, I've seen that poor execution that it's so important when you've got a seven-point lead with less than a minute left. I mean, that is that a safe lead? I mean, not compared to, say, a 20, 25-point lead, obviously, but that is still something you, you can protect. And it really makes sense when you play online, which which you don't, uh, very sensibly so, as I've said before, and I've <laughs> not been playing online the last few weeks. We've kind of put that aside and honestly thrill her because it was just getting too frustrating. 
But when you go to the rec, or you play other teams in Team Pro-Am, the 2K Pro-Am, the organized squad side of things, you do see that. You see people squandering leads because they're just still going for stats, they're not winding down the clock, not, not effective clock management to take away that opportunity to come back. And it really does reflect the real-life game. So it, it makes a lot more sense when you do watch the real game and see that that is what's influencing them on the virtual hardwood as well. Yeah, and another piece of that, too, is you notice how when you're playing pickup, like online on NBA 2K, or like if I catch footage from you know, YouTube or whatnot where people uploaded their online play, you notice that hardly anybody is taking mid-range shots or knows how to get a shot in the mid-range, right? And everybody has like a set shot assigned to their player and whatnot. And people really don't know how to finish around the rim. They don't use up fakes or anything like that. Like I, I've watched some college basketball recently. And if they're trying to emulate what they're watching, they're actually probably doing a pretty good job of it. Yeah. It feels like That's in college gaming. basketball. 2022. Now, yeah. It feels like in college basketball now and in much of the NBA, there's hardly anybody who elevates on a jump shot. They just don't have like a jump shot. Uh, it's mostly set shooting a couple inches off the ground. A lot of people shooting from their forehead or from their face um, and whatnot. It's uh, it's very similar across the board, actually, in the college basketball game and in the NBA. Um, there's nobody that really fe- – they don't seem to be very comfortable at all in the mid-range as far as like creating their own shot. They don't feel um, confident around the basket. I think I saw three air balls right at the rim in the St. John's UNH game and whatnot. And nobody really knows how to use their body much. So if, and there's also a lot of over dribbling and a lot of like, just kind of almost feeling like faking Sim. I know kid cash laughed at that, like faking Sim in real life. Yes. That's, that's almost what it feels like. Maybe without Sometimes, purpose, really? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, watching basketball today, absolutely drives me nuts and it's not like get with the times man it's like i know when uh basketball was different when it was taught differently at the youth level um when it was played at a higher level actually both in college hoops and in the nba like some of the some of the teams and players in college basketball in the 80s and 90s and some of those draft classes and everything absolutely filthy andrew just the talent was absolutely enormous um and I just feel like, uh, you know, it's kind of declined. It's the, funda- it's the fundamentals as well. Learning that the underlying fundamentals of basketball that was very solid. And again, it's, it's the same in games as well. That people, okay, we need to green this release and, and whatnot. Sure, okay, you, you know these mechanics and the, the left-right cheese and everything. But what about picking your spots, uh, looking for that space, take it, chipping away to lead with a couple of easy baskets to get momentum. Just these basketball strategies that are so fundamental to the sport that have really fallen by the wayside in real life to a certain extent but it's it's what also gets on the highlight reels does it not and that influences how people well, play as well aren't as good today though andrew that's like i've talked about this so many times before when you're putting up 70 to 80 threes a game and you're shooting anywhere between 20 and 33 percent or something like that for those uh you're not attacking the rim right you're not getting a posterizing dunk you're not you're not doing a fancy layup. You're not um, you know getting a great finish on contact. You're not you know doing a great post move, Hakeem esque and whatnot. You're just shooting threes, right? Sure. And so you're not getting as many highlights today either. My brother and I will sometimes what we'll do at night 
we'll go on YouTube and we'll watch the game highlights for like, I don't know, Celtics Mavericks or something like that, whatever games were the night before. And it's usually about 10 or 11 minutes of highlights. And we sometimes in those 10, 11 or minutes of highlights, we don't see like one post-up play. Yeah. And you might Lost like one well. duck and it's completely wide open with the defender moving out of the way. But then we go back and we can watch an early eighties game and it's say, let's say it's the 76ers versus the Celtics. And it's like 1980, 81 or something. And you see Daryl Dawkins three or four times a game, posterizing two or three Celtics, right. Or Bobby Jones flying in and throwing it down. And it's like the highlights aren't better today either. And that should be an obvious thing because like I said, the majority of shots that are going up now are what 23 feet or more away from the basket. Exactly. And right. when, so, when you're inside, you don't have those shot blockers as you used to have. You brought up on a previous show that the the, the players that were having that were about sixth or seventh in shot blocking or even lower back in the day would be second or even first these days. Back on our 150th episode together, you noted the players that would have 150 blocks would be ranked much higher at the end of the season these days. And when you don't have those shot blockers, when you're just trying to take charges or you're not trying to challenge at the rim, you don't have those dunks that are really nasty facial dunks. Right, and the rules have also gone against the defense as well. So it's not only the AAU teachings in this AAU generation, which is that college basketball game I was just watching was like AAU to a T. It was driving me absolutely nuts. i got to be completely honest with you. Um, But it's not just the AAU generation of hoops and everything. It's the fact that in the NBA, the defense is at such a big disadvantage because of the rules. So. You know, you you can't really make contact with the offensive player. The paint is mostly wide open as a result because there's two rules going against the defense now that are keeping them out of the paint. You know, people talk about legal defense back in the day, but today we have defensive three-second violation and we have the semicircle. Yes. That's right under the who. So, like, there's two different pieces that are keeping defenders away from the rim. But, yeah, I just – but let's let's bring it back to video games. So – when you watch people play online today, if they're not a basketball player themselves or they only were a basketball player in this AAU generation, either casually or in AAU, um, or they um, or they like basically are just a casual fan in general or whatnot, if they're watching, they're playing like what they see, like what they watch. So if they're doing all of this wild over dribbling at the top of the key and then taking a stupid step back three from 25 or 30 feet, it's because they saw James Harden do it, right? Oh, oh for sure. If they, or they saw Luka Doncic do it. Um, or they saw, um, you know, some like countless other players in the league, you know, just fire up a contested three on the fast break, even though they should have gone to the rim and maybe they had a two on one or three on one, but they thought that that shot looks like something they saw in the NBA because people emulate the NBA. Right. So yeah, it's, I think the online scene is a mess on the court. A lot of times when I watch the footage and I think just it's because this is what they're seeing on the college and pro level today. Well, the, the analytics generation, you and I are not big fans of that. And we've seen how that focus on so-called efficiency and, oh, well, threes are worth more than twos, so take more of them. But if you're missing more of them, that's a lot of missed shots and rather ugly basketball. Uh, running up and chucking up missed threes seven plays in a row is not 
to me, efficient. I mean, oh, it would have been efficient if you made it, I suppose. How many you... games do I need to see a box score, Andrew, where I see a team go 10 for 42 from three or eight for 35 or eight for 36? You can see it nightly. You can. And, but... then they lose, and they lose the game, and sometimes by only a few points, and it's like, ah, uh, yeah, but, you know, if you had just attacked the basket instead of taking that stupid three. Exactly. You would have won by 20 if you didn't take those those threes. (laughs) And that's that's common sense. (laughs) It is, but it's it's come down to this this love of uh, analytics and certain formulas that say, oh, this is the way to play. And yet, for so many, unless you have great shooters, it's not going to work out. And even then, even the Golden State Warriors would not lead the league in threes. They they were it was yeah. when they were winning the championships there they I mean they they uh, they took a lot of them but also took a lot of mid range shots especially when Kevin Durant was on the team and th- that's and they were also taking good threes can I just point that out too yes, though yes. a lot of the threes that the Golden State Warriors took were um, sets where somebody would get completely wide open and they could fire away I mean there Clay Thompson how many points did he score with only taking one dribble. Or like only like a couple dribbles or something. Didn't he score like fifty in a game? Yes, doing that did, at one yeah. point. Like people got to understand, it's not all. It, and also, the the Warriors are the exception to the rule. There, not yeah. every team had Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant or and um, Steph Curry at one point. But anyway, and before Durant, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. But they took smarter threes. They had more confidence in their shot than the majority of the players in the league do now. And the, some of the players that have confidence in their three point shot are not shooting a good percentage. They're shooting between 20 and 30%. Exactly, or like in yeah. the super low 30s. So, um, but I can't stand that, you know, the whole thing where somebody will say, man, but people are shooting from 30 feet now or 35 feet. Well, no, there's only a couple players that actually hit shots like that. Regularly. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, they, don't even, and they don't even shoot a good percentage. It's Steph Curry and Damian Lillard, usually. Um, but their percentages from that deep from those really deep areas is absolutely piss poor yes overall it's not a good shot even for the best shooters in the league just like if dan marley went out there or jeff hornacek or mahmoud abdul aruf it wouldn't be a great shot for them back in the day so like but this gets to our uh the, our main topic uh, sorry I, I, was, I was just i was just thinking of that time we played we connected on live 95 and you were hitting those uh shots from half court with dan marley just and be well beyond half court and just wishing i like, have no regrets over that yeah i think i scored what 41 yeah. points i think I scored Three 41 quarters, points yeah. would have been six that, minutes yeah that, that was ridiculous but no and, and also of course the as, as we get into this topic the focus on stats the, the way that the game is focused on allowing people to put up big numbers regardless of whether they win the game or not and you see that translate into the online game that people are going for these stats when no make the right play to win the game oh no we want our triple double oh we want to score 50 in the uh, in five minute quarters on, on uh, in, in the wreck but you've lost the game that that's the, the ultimate goal is to win the game not put up stats i mean yes that does happen and, and look we've always admired stats i mean will chamberlain's records are incredible that's that's always been a part of basketball history that he has these ridiculous numbers. But also, we also point out that Bill Russell was the one winning championships. Yeah, the get yours mentality and the whole thing where it's, well, I put up numbers so you can't blame it on me. Um, just to let people know out there, like you can put up numbers and if your numbers are great and you did that, to, it can still be like a detriment to your team. 
Was it the right, right play? Nobody else was able to get into play? the flow. Yeah. Drives me absolutely nuts. Just like when James Harden or Luka Doncic go on their like Super Bowl hog sprees where they're just dribbling at the top of the key and there's four guys standing around the perimeter and they dribble the air out of the ball and they, they end the play with like a step back three or they'll call a screen and somebody else tries to help them just so they can take a terrible shot. It's like those four guys that were standing around on that play and for so many plays in that game did not touch the ball. They did not get a feel for the ball. They were not able to get into a rhythm. They were not able to put their stamp on the game. And that's to a detriment of your team. So big numbers, there needs to be context around them because that's so much of what is missing in today's game. As far as like an understanding is Luka Doncic could score 40 points and like dish out 14 assists in a game, but he could hurt his team in that game because he dribbled the air out of the ball and took bad shots all game. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and he could still shoot a poor percentage. Nobody's looking at his turnover numbers. Nobody's looking at how he's taking his teammates out of the game. Before we go on, a reminder that the NLSC podcast comes out every week on the NLSC, me-line.com, as well as our YouTube channel. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast apps. If you're listening on any of those apps, we'd greatly appreciate a review. To keep up with the show and everything we're doing with basketball gaming in general, connect with us on social media. On Twitter and Facebook, we are the NLSC. We also have an Instagram, NLSC Basketball, and on YouTube, we're youtube.com slash Center. Once again, visit us at nba-live.com, where in addition to the podcast, you'll also find all of our original content, as well as our forum and modding community. But yeah, you see it online and everything. There's people that post their, for NBA 2K, there's people that post their screenshots of their box scores and whatnot. And you'll see something ridiculous, like somebody going like, I don't know, like, 20 28 for 60 from the field or something ridiculous like that like they they took they took that many shots and then the next person on their team took like six or like seven shots and it's like how is that fun for the four other guys number one and number two how is that the best for your team yeah it's it's putting those personal goals ahead of the uh the team goals and look, there's obviously been a lot of players throughout history who really love scoring points and being labeled ball hogs. I mean, that was often leveled at MJ, and, and certainly early in his career, he may have focused on that and above his uh, teammates who weren't as good as uh, to weren't good, you know, good enough to really be as competitive as he wanted to be. But at the same time, when MJ was putting up all those uh, huge scoring games and not winning, that was a knock on him, and that somehow we've we've changed to oh well, you did all you could, but was it was it the right plays were you just trying to get your numbers and and so forth it's uh that has become the narrative but to that point when it is replicated on the virtual hardwood that's kind of like the modern sim gamer which is funny we talk about what's realistic but that kind of emulating that kind of play as far as the current nba if you go to my nba eras i suppose it's uh it's going to be that you want to go to that old school style of play um which and we want to play that way and we we also tried in older games as well obviously but it is actually realistic to to play that way unfortunately a couple years ago we touched on you know what it means to be like a sim gator and and like like the definition of 
a sim gamer and everything. And I think that this is a great opportunity to revisit that and kind of dive a little bit deeper into it like we already have on this show. So I think that my definition of a sim gamer is wildly different than so many people out there. And I think it's because people today are uh, either, you know, a lot of the 2K gamers either didn't play, number one. Um, number two, they they grew up in a completely different era of basketball than when I was, like, watching and learning the game and everything. Um, and it's really just, like, those two, uh, the biggest things. And I feel like what they're trying to emulate is, like, that St. John's UNH game that I was just watching where, I wanted to shut it off. Um, and I think they're what they want to emulate is they're watching James Harden with the Philadelphia 76ers and they're watching Doncic with the Mavericks and they're watching that brand of basketball and they're watching teams shoot 70 to 83s per game and they're watching them not attack the basket with a vengeance. All of this stuff. They're watching like like hardly any post play. So they're not seeing much post play in the NBA today. They're not seeing teams really get in there and rise up and take jump shots in the mid range. So they're seeing something completely different than what I would consider smart and sim basketball. Right. See, I think you would agree when we grew up, sim basketball for us was like making a, a, a good one on like, if it's a good one on one move on your guy, it's not an over dribble right? It's getting a quick first step on your guy, executing a quick crossover and blowing by him, you know, leaning one way and spinning the other. And it's smart basketball. That's sim to us. Sure. Uh, Getting, uh, you know, dumping the ball into the post. And then if a double team comes kicking it out and then dumping it back in and then making a move in the post, that's sim to us, right? Um, Having somebody flash to the elbow and you, you know, you hit him right when he gets to the elbow and he rises up and takes a jump shot like a 15 footer and knocks it down. That's sim to us. Boxing out. That's sim to us, right? You don't see that a lot in the NBA today. But something as simple as getting your behind on somebody, moving them out of the way and, you know, jumping to get the board. That's sim to us. Um, grabbing the ball off the board, getting it into the middle of the floor and running a fast break. So a quick outlet, quick um, fast break, attack the basket, give and go, etc. That's sim to you and I, right? So like all of those, oh, and pride on defense. Of course, you know, like yeah. If somebody's coming to the rim and everything, you know, you try to contest them, you want to get a loud block, you want to get an in-your-face play. No easy, bu- no easy buckets inside, yeah. That's, that's what we right. do. Yeah. So everything that I just mentioned is not common now, right? That mindset, everything that I just mentioned, which I consider real basketball, like that isn't what is common now. So like what's common now, and then I'm going to throw it over to you to get your perspective. But what's common now is people are seeing like LeBron, Doncic, Harden, et cetera, dribble the air out of the ball at the top of the key. Um, and, if it's not a star dribbling the ball out off the top at the top of the key, it's people just looking like three hunting. That's what it's the majority of the game is. And people, you got to understand 70 to 80 threes a game. That's three hunting right there. That is absolutely three hunting. It's the majority of the game. So people are seeing contested threes go up all game. They're seeing some over dribbling and whatnot. They're seeing an open paint. They're seeing less high flying dunks, less amazing blocks, all of that stuff. 
they're not seeing people attack the mid range. They're not seeing them attack in the post and everything. And they're seeing like a completely different style of basketball, but their idea of sim is completely different than my idea. Exactly. And it brings up that definition of what is sim, which is replicating real life. And to your point, that that is what they're doing. They are being sim according to that definition and according to the current style of play. Now, back when we were growing up watching basketball, a lot of teams had different styles, whereas now the NBA has adopted more of that homogenized, analytics-driven style. So you don't... I mean, you do have play, different teams and different coaches running different plays. Sure, they do have their own strategies in a, in a way, but you had more variation back in the day. You had the teams that ran the triangle or, or parts of it. You had the very pick-and-roll heavy uh, jazz, for example, Stockton and Malone. So you did have those very distinct styles of, of play. And, of course, the West was always was often seen as the, the, the running gun, whereas the East was that uh, the bully ball kind of style. And the, the, what, not all up and down the, the conferences. There were variations once again. And, of course, you had the Bulls doing both the triangle and get the ball to MJ and get out of the way. So there, there was variation even within the teams themselves. So we, when we wanted to see games become more realistic back in the 90s and early 2000s, we were asking for things like more strategic play, uh, reward the strategic play, have teams resemble their real-life counterparts, and, and players and teams playing like their real-life counterparts. And we have seen more of that over the years. It did get more and more sim uh, as 2K reached its peak, and that was fantastic. But we are seeing uh, less of a focus on that now, or so it feels, or at least the, the style of, of, of play has changed, so we're not seeing that. And the other thing is, is that the popularity uh, of the, the popular modes, I should say, in the in the games are my career and my team. Now, my team, you are playing with real players, but sometimes juiced up versions of them and with fantasy lineups rather than real NBA teams. You can get real NBA playbooks, as you know, in my team, but you are you are applying them to usually complete fantasy squads. In my career, obviously, you are playing with your own avatar, which you are engaging in the whole metagaming and getting the right jump shot and getting the right uh, badges. People found out that left-handed jumpers were seemed to be higher percentage, so people were just making their plays left-handed for that reason only, not the fact that they were left-handed in real life and wanted to reflect that or, or just wanted a left-handed player. It was done for meta-advantage, metagaming, as I said. So we're seeing more of that. We're seeing players, seeing gamers rather, not playing with real NBA players. So that's also a, a distancing itself from Sim as well, not actually playing with real NBA lineups and trying to play that uh, strategic game, even that re realistic style, but being locked to a player and with your souped-up avatar and putting up ridiculous stats online or offline. So that's, that's different from Sim as well. Yeah, they're treating it more like a like a fighting game, like a video game, almost. Which yeah, is, like, I mean, the, yeah. Well, no, it's not even that. It's just it's more treating it like a different genre. Yes, almost all together. Yeah. We are seeing that, um, yeah. as opposed to a basketball game. Um, but I also wanted to point out one other piece, and then I want to get into something else. Another thing that's a lost art, and you don't see enough, is in today's NBA. How often do you see NBA teams look for or exploit mismatches? Hardly ever. It like you, you know, if there's a bigger guy on. Uh, on the court and he gets the switch switching is constant in the nba and it's absolutely ridiculous nobody likes to stay with their man anymore the guidance to these players too is just like switch everything so oftentimes you'll have a guy who's you know 
if there is one out there, because so many teams play small ball, but there's a guy out there who's like 6'10 or 6'11 sometimes, and he's switched on to a guy who's 6'5 and under, right? And they don't look for him. They don't look for him under the basket. They don't look for him in the post. They don't look for him in the high post. Half the time, this big guy is usually just standing away from the basket. <laughs> a lot of times he's standing behind the three-point line um, or, you know, maybe 18, 19 feet away from the basket. So we're not even seeing an- – another sim aspect of basketball when we were growing up uh, was, uh, you know, you get to that mismatch, right? If Kendall Gill is switched on Shaq, what are you doing? You're giving the ball to Shaq. And Shaq is going to destroy Kendall Gill. Bottom line, period. Um, and you would look for those um, for those mismatches. And you don't see that today. No. And a lot of times there are no mismatches out in the NBA because teams are playing small ball. I watched um, part of the Golden State game, one of the, their more recent ones. I think Draymond Green played center the majority of the game. Yeah. And Draymond Green is six foot six. So, like, a lot of times your center in today's NBA doesn't have center skills number one so he doesn't even have back to the, a, a great back to the basket game or mid-range game in general um and he's not a great rim protector a lot of time either um but he's also undersized like he's the size of what a small forward would have been you know back in the day so like that's another piece of this but i also wanted to get to another thing that i don't consider sim at all but a lot of people consider this sim gaming just standing there waiting like like people will run a play and so they'll select a play and run it. And they have all these arrows that show up on the screen. That's because they have like the play calling messages up and it's, it's showing their players going to different spots. It's telling you where to go. There's no instincts with this. It's just, you're following arrows, right? It's like, you're completing a puzzle Yeah. and you, you go to a spot, you throw it to the next, to, to the player where it tells you to throw it to, you know, who, it tells you who to throw it to. He catches the ball. You wait again for the next person to run their route. You, he runs his route. You pass it to him. And then, and then you take a shot, even if it's contested. You just shoot it just because you ran the play. Yay. Like, that's not sim basketball, right? But a lot of people think it is because they ran the play. The thing that's actually sim basketball, Andrew, and I think you would agree, is operating with instincts. And if you do run a play, if that per- first person who comes off the screen gets open, you can fire that shot, right? Or you can attack the rim. You don't have to run the play all the way through. Or if you start to run a play and something doesn't look right or the matchups don't look right, you run a different play. Or you can run a play, and if you feel after you run the play that you have a mismatch, you can attack your guy and you don't even make a pass there. But like, there's these people who think that playing sim basketball is selecting a play, standing there, you know, and then watching your players run around and just following the arrows. That's not sim basketball. What we, That's yeah, not realistic. It, it's uh, it's about taking advantage of those opportunities that you're running the play to. It, it it does have a conclusion if you want to if you run it all the way through. But if there is a as you say a mismatch, if there is a, a defensive error and you've got a wide open lane to the hoop. You don't just stop and make that pass back to the three-point line because, oh, that's how the play is supposed to finish. It, it's it, There is a goal in mind with that play, but it also opens up uh, other opportunities. That That is what, as you say, what the, running the plays is supposed to be. It's paying attention to what else is going on on the court. But it does come down to, uh, like you said, playing it like a, a different genre of, of uh, video games and just running it through and uh okay this going from point a to point b to point c which which certainly does happen in basketball but again 
you have those branching plays, you have that freelance basketball, you have the, oh, the, I've got a wide open lane, I don't need to make an extra pass, I'm going to take that easy shot. So you, you have that aspect to it, you have the, again, when you are using your own avatars, you have that souped up avatar that is, is overpowered and has all the right animations, and it, it does come down to that metagaming, as I've said so many times before, that re- really just ruins the online scene after a while. The, the early days, it's not so bad, but then when it gets to everybody is a 99 overall, or 90 plus overall, and with all the badges and everything, and now they've figured out the meta, and, and also... It does also follow the, the real-life NBA to a certain extent in so much as that homogenized style. Not coming up with your own style, your own strategies, but what, what, are, the, what are the popular influencers saying, Derek? What, what's the right build? What's the, the jump shot that will go in 90% of the time? What, what is this way to break and beat the game rather than to, uh, to follow Desire's Creed, don't play video games, play basketball? Now we're kind of playing fighting games, and, and people are actually yeah. advocating for that. It's a mockery of the real sport. I don't know. Like that's the way I look at it. Just it's 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 just kind of like disappointing. Uh, I also want to point something out too about the whole play calling thing. I think it was De'Aaron Fox that said this in like it was an Instagram post or whatever after a loss. Uh, he he said that like sometimes teams run like two different sets per game um and whatnot i think he was talking either about their team for that game or the the opponent that they were playing i remember that yeah these teams these teams are not running plays different plays on every possession and that should be pretty clear when you watch the game especially with how many contested shots go up and how many like quick shots go up in today's NBA. it's funny i i see a lot of people say oh today's offenses are much more complex and advanced and they're really not. I mean... No, they're not. I they mean, are absolutely not. Considering how many people over the years were confused by the triangle. Remember that was the whole thing when uh, somebody tried to adopt the triangle and uh, at Phil Jackson's insistence and people were kind of confused by it. So the idea that that, uh, that won 11 championships, that uh, offensive scheme, the triangle, was often seen as complex. And there's nobody running anything like that now. So it's it's not more complex. I'm not saying oh it's uh, you don't even have to get into the whole oh it's dumbed down. It's just not that there were advanced uh, strategies back then and now and simple strategies back then and now. Although we there's not as much uh, strategy today. That should be pretty obvious. That's true. Yeah. Like, but if, if the game yeah. like here's here's the common sense aspect of it. If the game becomes more one dimensional, there is less strategy. Yeah. Also, people point, point people, blank, and it's way more one dimensional than it used to be. Yeah. Also, to Draymond Green's recent point, people are not mobile phones. They, don't, you know, we are not technology that's advancing since the '80s because of technological advancements. So, yeah, we're human beings. We're human people. beings. Yeah. Uh, let's, it, let's it comes down to uh, human evolution doesn't work that way, and the actual, if you look at the sport, the the, the changes that have happened, as you say, becoming more one dimensional becoming more homogenized then it's really not advanced yeah what's what's crazy to me is how many players today are in real life are not as comfortable taking contested shots they're not as comfortable taking contested shots uh, around the rim in the mid-range um they they seem more confident doing it from free but they don't hit a higher percentage they don't hit a good percentage of them um but there's just a lack of ability and confidence in the below the three point line. And I think that that's such a huge part of the game that's being torn away. Right. Like that's a huge part of basketball. That's a whole area of the floor that's not being used. Uh, And I can see that when, you know, you upload your footage 
for online play and when I see other people upload. So I have a question. So when you were first playing, you know, when you first got NBA 2K23 and you first entered the online scene and when you and Kenny and uh, Leo got out there and whatnot, you know, before the meta builds took over and the meta gaming and the 99 or overalls or over 90 overalls, et cetera, how was the basketball? How was the quality of the basketball and how was the quality of your opponents? I mean, it, it was pretty much as it is now, like, as far as strategy and not avoiding the mid-range and trying to chuck threes and, and so forth. The strategy was the same. It's just that they weren't, didn't have the, the ratings or the badges to uh, or, or the the having mastered the mechanics and the green releases of uh, of this year and the, the timing and whatnot, they hadn't mastered that yet. So anybody who wasn't really playing strategically, it was easy to match up with them. Then after the balance shifted and they started to get overpowered, suddenly we were at a disadvantage trying to play proper basketball compared to compared to them. So that was the issue. Yeah. Don't you agree though, that the game's mechanics, um, you know, we talked about it on the prior on uh, last episode, I believe. Um, we were doing the 2K23 full review. Don't you agree that the game's mechanics kind of distur- discourage operating in the mid-range in the post? They do. They do, yeah. Um, I mean, and I we, think we, that we, also hurts. Let's let's yeah. let's put it that way. I mean, there's no... I mean, Kenny tries to back down and, and does. He, he's got some great highlights. I shared some of those early ones where he's backing down and just throwing down some great reverses on, on much shorter players. But there's still not that diverse, deep post-game that uh, even compared to 2K14, as you know how much I love the post-game in 2K14, Derek, as, as you do too, I'm sure, that you don't have that, so it, it's harder to operate in the post and, and take advantage of those, of those mismatches. And just, just so many easy shots that, that Kenny was missing, not through to a lack of skill, but simply the mechanics of the game and, and having, oh, we've got some defensive Or the badges. badged-out defender. Yes, right, exactly. I was say, the badged-out defender. Yeah, and just, then in the mid-range, there's all that suction. Yes. So like, and then you can't hit contested shots. So like, it takes away. So it actually takes away two major parts of what you and I consider great in sim basketball. It takes away everything inside the three point line for the most part. It's funny. In the first season, I could shoot with that uh, with the jumper I had, and then I went a couple of sessions where I did not make a single jump shot. The only baskets I could make were uh, quick layups at the at uh, the hoop when I had an open uh, lane with my with my point guard. So, and it's not like I don't know how to time shots, but they, because of the adjustments, because of the more badges coming in that would affect my, uh, my shooting, I didn't have all the badges to counteract that, the whole balance, trying to balance things out with badges and metagaming again, that I was just suddenly, even, even though I hadn't, my stick skills hadn't deteriorated, even though I was doing what I was supposed to do, uh, they were able to rush in at the last moment and take away that green release or, or whatever, and yeah, and and affect the shot percentage, as, as the case may be, and yeah, it just became unplayable. Yeah, that's, un- that's so unfortunate. It sucks too that when you go through a full game and the only thing you feel like you can hit is like a layup or like a cheesy drop step. Yes, right. Yeah. Like it's like if you if you feel like there's only like a couple different ways that you can score, even though you know your your mind and you know your abilities that you should be able to do more and you know, you have to play a whole game like that. That's got to be frustrating. One of the great things about playing 3v3 Pro-Am was, I mean, as much as I like, uh, it's, it's kind of like playing playground, full court three on three, playground basketball with, uh, with, with, with limited rules, no free throws, for example. But, and, and the first to 21. And as much as I like the playing with full rules and everything, and, and we were all kind of like that, and five on five Pro-Am would have been 
uh, preferable. And back in the day, of course, you could play with a minimum of three in 5v5 Team Pro-Am. But if there is an advantage of the 3v3 Pro-Am first to 21, it's that it's kind of it's more realistic than Playground while also having the benefit of if the game's going badly, it's over quickly. Whereas in the wreck, if it's going badly, you've got to play it through to the end. Or, or before, or quit. Although now if you even dashboard, you actually get a pinged on your account for bad sportsmanship because there's no forfeit option. Uh, and if you... Uh, I've talked before about a game that I was playing uh, by myself where everybody quit in the wreck. And I, I tried to play through to the end because I had activated a double XP coin. And they just started triple teaming me in the backcourt to force me into all the turnovers and grade out of the game thereby wasting all my badge and VC progress and their double XP coin anyway. So you, you, there's no right way to do it. You know what I mean, Derek? There's no... In that situation, I either quit and get pinged for bad sportsmanship, dashboard and get pinged for bad sportsmanship, or try and struggle through one on five in the wreck, which is already garbage and toxic anyway. And th th for them to say, okay, well, we're just going to be unsportsmanlike and triple team you in the backcourt. We're not even going to let you try and play with the ai players just to finish the game so there's just so much of that it, it's just uh because again it's, it's not become about playing basketball it's just about people who want to play a video game and you know own the opponents and embarrass people and force people to quit or whatever uh just no sportsmanship like like it's a sport or something derek it's funny you you bring up the going to 21 thing and that being a great option because i've connected with a couple people in the community on and one basketball for uh, PlayStation 2. And there's always, there's that option where you can have a timed game or you can play to like 11, 15 or 21 or something like that. That's I right, always yeah. choose the going to 21 option. It reminds me of going to play pickup basketball, you know, like I have all my life. And you show up to the court and you know that, you know, if there's only 10 people there and uh, whatnot, you'll play five on five and you'll play a game to 15. But then if there's people waiting, well, you know, we'll play the game to 11. And at least you know that if a team's getting buckets and whatnot, you know, the people that are waiting on the side of the court are not going to have to wait too long. Um, and if you're in a bad situation on the court and you're stuck on a bad team or whatnot, and it's just super toxic, that the game isn't going to go on endlessly. Yes. Right. Yes. So um, I, I do love that option of being able to like play to a score as opposed to play to a clock. Yeah, and for, for the online arena, that's that's why I'm sure Playground is very popular. That, and of course, you can dress up your player in this non-Barbie dress-up game, of course, and there are more the, there are the wilder dunks in the, the Playground. They, they aren't available in the Pro-Am modes. It, it is more... It's kind of that halfway point between Playground and uh, and proper and normal Pro-Am and, and the NBA gameplay. So I, I do enjoy it for that. It, and it was, it was fun for a while, but as of Season 2... It just went downhill so fast because everybody who had been on the game and on the grind from day one and just uh, all paying, of course, to, to upgrade, and they'd figured out all the meta and, and so forth, it, it just completely ruined the balance. There's, there's about a month where the online scene is good now, and then it just completely just goes down the toilet. Well, the good thing is, is that you still love 2K14. And you're doing that retro series for the NLSC YouTube, and you're still playing your My Career and whatnot. And I put on NBA Inside Drive 2004, so I'm diving into my collection as well to kind of keep things fresh, and I played a game between the Rockets and the Grizzlies, and I uploaded that to the NLSE YouTube. How great is Inside Drive 2004? Uh, really solid gameplay, um, really fun for the time and whatnot, but yeah, I'm really glad that we have the collections that we do because we can always keep it fresh. Absolutely, and we do need to connect uh, 
this holiday season. Hopefully, I won't be as uh, busy and caught up this week, and uh, we can line up those, uh, make our schedule line up, and and do that. Looking forward to to doing so as we've done so often over the past couple of years. And, and yes, diving into those collections, going back to an old favorite. It's why we advocate it so often. And you know, it, it bears repeating, Derek, that if you're not enjoying the latest game. Find something that you do enjoy. I mean, look, some people will just go to another genre, which is perfectly valid as well. You and I do play games other than basketball games, although we do obviously love basketball and basketball gaming. But we do have these collections to to dip into. Uh, Love seeing those Inside Drive highlights. Uh, Kevin Calabro, as I said in in the forum, I wish they'd been able to get him for some more games. And perhaps if the Inside Drive series had continued a bit longer and and not uh, fallen by the wayside, we would have got more Kevin Calabro you know, I'd love to hear him in 2K as, as part of the rotating commentators. I, I certainly prefer him to the alternate team we have at the moment. Kevin Calabro is amazing in the Inside Drive series, and so is Marcus Johnson um, as the color commentator. He, uh, My brother loves listening to Marcus Johnson. Um, he has a lot of cool lines in those games. The, the, the cool thing about the Inside Drive games is they just feel so alive, right? Just like the commentary, the on-court action, it's fast-paced, it's super fun. Um, great stat tracking in that game. Um, live uh, Inside Drive 2003 actually has Hidden Legends, which we're using in a season right now, and whatnot. Yeah, I, I still think Inside Drive is one of the most underrated or the most underrated basketball sim series that nobody really talks about. And it doesn't help that it was... Uh, Microsoft exclusive because not everybody had a, an Xbox, and it was fleeting. Yeah. There was only three years where they put out a game that was notable because Inside Drive 2000, like you had stated, is not the strongest title. But 2002, 2003, and 2004 were pretty excellent. But no, it's interesting to to really consider how the definition of sim gaming and a sim gamer has, has changed in the in the two years since we uh, talked about the, the measure of a sim gamer in the, that old episode uh, 332, I believe, if people want to go back and uh, and listen to that for for a contrast. No, absolutely. It's been a couple of years since we covered this. Um, I think we were a lot more in-depth this time, even than the show back then. But definitely listen to that episode if you would like. I think a lot of the things that we did say on this show were um, kind of echoing uh, what we said back then, because our idea of sim gaming hasn't changed, right? Our idea of sim gaming is probably going, and sim basketball is probably always going to be the same. But yeah, I think I think that was a good show as well. But uh, before we wrap up here, Derek, uh, how about we open up the mailbag? To the mailman. So I asked the community. You know, without cheating, can you name the top six overall players in NBA 2K17 from the default roster? So, like the current team roster at the time. And then, as a bonus question, can you name the top six overall from the classic teams and whatnot with no duplicates? And if you remember correctly, NBA 2K17 with their rating system put the current players, as far as like a rating scale, put them in comparison to the classic players like that's the way they did their ratings so there's a lot more low overall ratings in nba 2k 17 than you would think as far as like teams with their best player being 81 overall or like 83 overall or 84 overall etc um because they did that new rating scaling for that game probably why i enjoyed that game so much actually yeah there you go (laughs) that makes sense so you threw out the the top six of the uh, the then current teams and then the 
classics as the, the classic teams as the bonus. And just a reminder, one through six on the uh, on the current teams, 97, 96, 96, 96, 95, and 95. And for the classic teams, 99, 98, 98, 97, 97, and 97. So once again, Derek, I have not cheated myself. I have not gone back and looked after you posted the question. So, uh, so I, once again, I can play the game. Perfect. And I think you did a little bit worse last week than you did in the prior week as far as, you know, your your guesses. But this is really hard to do, putting putting somebody on the spot, because to be honest with you, if somebody asked me to guess the top six, I wouldn't have guessed this six. I would have gotten a couple of them, but I wouldn't have been able to guess all six. So this is my attempt at redemption here. Um, <laughs> okay, so... Uh, probably not going to be throwing these out in order, but just as they come to mind for likelihood, uh, I'm going to say LeBron. I will say LeBron at 97. Uh, Durant, Curry, Harden, Kawhi Leonard. Is that five I've got now? That's five, yeah. That's five. And, hmm. Yeah, it, it is tough, isn't it? And I, now, now I'm trying to think of uh, unorthodox ones. Who was, uh, who was pumped up around about that time? And... Uh, I'll go say Kyrie Irving. All right. So you, the first five, you were right. So you got five out of six. Hmm, Kyrie Irving is only ninety overall. Oh, so okay. um, the other ninety-six uh, is Westbrook. So the way it works is LeBron is ninety-seven, Harden is ninety-six, Kawhi Leonard is ninety-six, Westbrook is ninety-six, uh, Durant is ninety-five, and Curry is ninety-five. Uh, the Golden the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers are the only two teams with two 90 overall players. LeBron, 97. Kyrie, 90. And obviously, like I just stated, Durant and Curry, both 95 overall. So really well done by you there. You got five out of six. Not bad. There's my redemption. Uh, let's see if I can uh, keep the streak going with uh, with the classics. So once again, 99, 298s, and 397s in the top six there. So I'm going to say uh, MJ, Magic, LeBron, Kareem, Hakeem, and Will Chamberlain. So I think you've got four of them, three or four of them. So it's Jordan, 99, LeBron, 98, Magic, 98, Shaq, 97, ah. Kareem, 97, and Larry Bird, 97. Of course, Bird, yeah. I thought he might be yeah. a bit lower because of the uh, athletic ratings that sometimes uh, uh, dragged down the overall. But of course, there, there was the intangible ratings that year in... Uh, the intangible rating, I should say, in 2K17 that year, so that might have uh, helped out there. They also have Larry Bird looking jacked in that game, so maybe that contributed to it. I don't know. Um, what was his face not sure like in 2K17? they have him looking... Uh, the face is better than 2K16, but it's not the best it's not a bad larry actually in 2k17 it is far superior to that whatever that was in nba 2k18 uh barry <laughs> yeah, plumber and dentist yeah 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 exactly um but no good job so you got three out of six there and you got five out of six with the current um nba at the time so some other notables with the current nba chris paul was 91 uh isaiah thomas for the celtics uh before all his injuries was 90 uh, Paul George, 91. Uh, Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. So actually, they were on the same team. They're the other um, two that had 
other team that had two 90 overall players, Anthony Davis, 94, DeMarcus Cousins, 91, um, Damian Lillard, 90, uh, John Wall, 90, Greek Freak, 90, and Jimmy Butler, 90. And those are actually all of the 90 overall players and above that are in the game as far as like the current, like the, the like default current rosters. I have to admit, when they do the overall rating reveals during the, the previous season, I used to get kind of interested and excited in them, especially if they're obviously coming with a, a screenshot as well. But I must admit I've lost interest in recent years. Yeah, a little bit too many. There's a lot of politics involved. And then uh, we're not as big of a fan as the uh, of the NBA now as we were. True. Even back when like 2K17 was being released, and I think that plays a really big factor. Like it when does, overall yeah. ratings were revealed in the early, you know, mid 2010s and whatnot, we would pay attention and we'd like have comments on it and everything. But now it's just kind of blah. So yeah, that that's not too bad. That's what nine out of twelve on my part. Yeah, that's I think that's the best you've done so far. So that's that's really good, especially with not looking. That's good. Actually, eight, eight, eight out of twelve because it was five and five and three. Eight out of twelve. So no, that's not that's not bad. Seventy five percent. There you go. So getting to the community responses now, we have Roger Ward, one of the NBA Live Test One legends, of course. Uh, for the current players, guest uh, Bron, Curry, Leonard, Westbrook, Durant, and Anthony Davis. He got five, and Anthony Davis was very close. He was 94 overall, so that is an outstanding job by Roger. Anthony Davis was putting up numbers at that point, and I think also the potential, the talk about his potential was through the roof. Um, DeMarcus Cousins, you know, he was his teammate there, uh, and he's 91 overall in the game. DeMarcus Cousins was a fan duel or DraftKings dream as far as he would literally just put up the numbers on so many nights and he'd get you like 70, 80, 90 different fantasy points. Um, so like back at the time I was playing FanDuel and everything. And you, you can bet that I would always choose DeMarcus cousins for my lineup because he would put up these ridiculous stat games where he'd have like 35 points, like 15 to 16 rebounds, seven assists or something like that. And he could propel your fantasy team into the money. I've actually lost track of who Cousins plays for now. Uh, is he even in the league? I don't think he's playing in the now NBA. Let me check. Uh, yeah, you're right. He He's actually out of the league at the moment. Last played for Denver. I feel like we would have heard from him at this point, whether it be being thrown out of the game or somebody saying he's toxic or something like that. Like I feel like we would have seen something about DeMarcus Cousins on social media um, if he had been playing. And next up, we have Phil Lime 2002. Uh, thank you, shout out to uh, Phil Lime for giving me the uh, heads up on how to pronounce your uh, screen name. His guesses are LeBron, Curry, KD, Harden, Westbrook, and Kawhi. So yeah, he got all of them. Um, that is excellent. Unfortunately, at the NLSE, we are not sponsored, so I can't throw a bunch of cash or a prize at you. <laughs> but I can say, <laughs> but I can say, congratulations, you got them all, and that's excellent. Our congratulations and admiration are worth more than money, Derek, I would say. Absolutely. And as for the classic teams, guesses, the GOAT, Magic, LeBron, Bird, Iverson, and Kareem. Five out of six. He said Iverson um, instead of Shaq, but five out of six is damn good. And uh, actually, he, he uh, did get one wrong there, Derek. Uh, uh, Yinkadare is not 99 overall in, uh, in NBA 2K17. <laughs> We should do a whole podcast centered around Yinkadare and his low assists numbers, lack of assists, 
his uh, unwillingness to pass all of that stuff. There's got to be a bigger story around that. When 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 you're that good, do you need to pass? No, exactly. When you're you're Shaq times two, yeah, you don't really need to. Shaq and Wilt combined, absolutely. That's right, a bit of David Robinson as well. Um, Most hilariously low ratings in NBA Jam tournament edition you've ever seen, uh, Yingadare. But uh, also got a third response on the on the Discord, Derek. So actually, it was a tweet, and it was deleted. So I'm not going to say who put out the guesses, but he got five out of the six right. I'm not sure why he deleted it. He guessed LeBron, Curry, Durant, Harden, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook. And I see why he guessed Paul George. We talked about it on a prior episode about Allen Iverson in the original 2K kind of getting like a hometown favorite rating. He got like a 97. He was the cover athlete, even though you he wasn't the best player in the league at that time. And, you know, he wasn't better than Shaq, etc. Um, so guessing Paul George makes sense because he was the cover athlete for 2K17. But Paul George was only a 91 overall in 2K17. Kind of got the uh, Vince Carter and NBA Live 2004 treatment. Got, got a high rating, deservedly so, but uh, but not, not too inflated. Right, exactly. Um, but no, thank you to the community for your guesses and playing along and supporting the show, supporting our content and everything. Uh, we, have a, we have a great community. Absolutely. And uh, I'm interested to see what, uh, what ratings you pull out of the hat next week, Derek. Yeah, this is fun. Um, I feel like, like it, there, there's so many different games out there you know, that I can choose and quiz the community. And it seems like they get into it. So it's, it's a win-win. So stay tuned for that and all of our future podcasts and other original content, of course, and the YouTube channel. But uh, with that being said, that has brought us to the end of this week's show. As always, we thank you for tuning in and invite you to join us each and every week, either on the NLSC, mb-live.com, our YouTube channel, or your podcast app of choice. In the meantime, please connect with us on social media, that's where you can get in touch with us and, of course, stay up to date with all of our aforementioned content. So, Derek, go ahead and plug those handles. Yeah, you can reach me on Twitter at D43G or at D4384. Uh, I'm also on YouTube, D43, and on the NLSC, D43. I am Andrew in our forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. The NLSC is on Twitter and Facebook at the NLSC. Our Instagram is NLSC Basketball. We're on YouTube at youtube.com slash Center. And of course, keep it locked to the NLSC itself, mb-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. So, thank you once again for tuning in, and until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone. <laughs>